Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And I'm Carl Edwards. We're continuing our series this week on lessons from American Idol. And it's surprising that there's really a lot to gain. That's really (laughs) helpful in all venues of work Yes, from this great pop phenomenon. Today, Carl, we're talking about feedback. Paula versus Simon. That being judged is a part of life at work. That's right. That our work is evaluated, that we need to perform, that we need to make a difference and... A healthy part of any business is um, taking a look at that every once in a while and seeing what we can do to be better. Yes. And these two extremes, while we're looking at Paula and Simon, is um, some perspective on both angles, one receiving feedback and one giving feedback. Yeah, we can give feedback that is too nice, the Paula feedback. Yes, you look really pretty. Yeah. That's what she says every week. A sinking competition. Yeah. Thank you, Paula. Or being too mean. and You're fat. I hate your outfit. I hate your outfit. Uh Mm -hmm. And, you know, are you really helping them become a better performer and a better singer? So let's talk first with being nice. Well, being nice is extremely important. People want to have their work valued and to come in and to be appreciated and to hear from those who are measuring it and ultimate leadership decisions that they are making a difference. It's important to give people positive feedback and to be nice. It's important that you're on this team and I can articulate why and what you're doing. But when we are just being nice and someone's actually not performing. Your singing sucked, but you look pretty. That's right. And you have a hard time saying that first part. and You just want to be nice. You're just trying to protect their feelings. That does no one any good. That's not helpful at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite because you're sending a positive message in a situation where they really need to hear something that will get them some change going on. Oh gosh, we all work with somebody who's got a bad attitude. And we're not talking about being in a bad mood. We're talking about people who persistently have a bad attitude. Well, that's hard to bring up with someone. That's really difficult to bring up with someone. But to avoid it, to make like it's okay or to ignore it is in fact encouraging it. I can imagine as a supervisor, it would be hard to confront someone on an attitude or a work situation just because it feels uncomfortable if you have a relationship with them, if you're trying to establish a relationship with them. How do you do that? How do you do that and still maintain a relationship and say things that not necessarily are hurtful, but are criticisms? Well, it gets back to the reason you're gathering. Is this is a, These young people are singing and they're trying to get votes for singing better than everyone else. So you want to stay on topic is what you want to do. And the topic is their singing. And these young people want to win. So they want feedback from you that's going to help them get better. So to hear something nice, a comment about how you you dress or how your hair came out is, is off topic. And so it's immediately suspicious. It's immediately, for those who want to know how to get better, it's immediately giving them almost negative feedback or something you don't want to talk about. And for for those who are just going to start some bad patterns, those patterns are going to continue and maybe get worse because no one stopped them early on. No one gave them information early on. So what you want to do is, say, provide information about the impact of what they're doing is having on the outcome that you both want to see. And if the outcome is tonal quality or the rhythm or whatever your aspect of your work product is, Giving them information about what they're doing that's not achieving the outcome that they want is very helpful. And even if negative, that's positive. I mean, that is a gift that is helping them by pointing out 
what's not working for them. So staying on topic. You can be on their side by staying on topic and giving them concrete information about how their behavior or their attitude or what they're doing is having on the outcome that you both want to see. And that's useful. And that's being on their side. That's not being against them. And it's not being mean. Now, of course, there is the flip side. And some of us have had experiences where we were called into the boss's office and it seemed a little more personal than just the work. It seemed to take on an edge in and of itself that was like an attack. Sad. Yes, an attack. An attack. Like you've been ambushed. You were brought in for one reason and instead you're being assaulted for a whole number of things. And, um, you know, that's often what Simon does. Now, it's, it's widely agreed that he is the most honest of the three and his credibility when he knows about music and, and who has a good sound. So he's going to give some criticism. So he's got credibility, but what comes out of his mouth is not helpful. Yes. It's just it's that personal. was a mess. That was horrible. You were all over the place and it's not feedback. It's, it's definitely not on topic. <laughs> and that's definitely not on topic. But there are sometimes insightful things that he says, things that you can really improve. Well, that's where we've got to be careful. That's what's so interesting about watching this dynamic Mm -hmm. is on the one hand, you want to be able to get a certain kind of distance from that. I mean, you got to get up there again the next week. And if you've just been attacked personally, that can be demoralizing. So you want to be able to separate yourself from a supervisor's unwarranted, inappropriate, off-topic angle. How do you do that? Well, that's you make the difference between what's on topic and what's off topic. And then, as you just referred to before, is you don't want to write them off completely because they're inappropriate communication style. You want to be able to hear if there is a negative truth. I mean, this person is upset for some reason. Something has set them off and it's got them against you and they want to see something different in you. So you do want to be listening for what the kernel is. So in the case of being attacked by Simon, it's difficult for these younger contestants right there on the spot to have the presence of mind maybe to ask a question back and hone in on what was a mess or what was out of control or what was a disaster when he just throws out those words. But that's what they need to do because he does have insights. There's something that didn't work and he rarely, rarely actually articulates what the substance of his critique is. So again, no one has the opportunity to benefit from it or to get better or to change something next week. So what I hear you saying, just in recapping, is when you are the victim of an attack, you really need to separate what is about you and what's about the other person and what specific insight has merit that you should address. Exactly. And that can be difficult to do because it feels like the whole thing is about you. But if you can look at your what you can change about your work performance versus what is the other person just being upset and either passionate or out of control. That'll that'll help you a lot, and then you can benefit from it. Is there any appropriateness ever to say that seems like a personal attack or that seems unnecessary for you to speak to me in that way? Can you tell me in more positive, concrete terms what's really wrong? No, that's a really a toughie of, of giving somebody with more power and authority and organization instruction on <laughs> what's appropriate behavior. Now, it's not appropriate if they are abusive and they are yelling or something like that. I'm not saying there's not a way to come back, but you really need to always keep your conversation from your angle on the impact it's having on you. So if you wanted an alternative, you might say what would motivate me is hearing a few ideas of what you would like to see different. And it actually kind of 
shuts me down when people start yelling. Then you're just giving them information that yelling yourself. shuts you down, mm-hmm. and and you're just letting them hopefully be smart enough to use that information. But to actually make a judgment on what they're doing almost always is perceived as a counterattack. Well, I'm I'm certainly grateful for some of that insight because I have been on the receiving end of some comments that seemed more personal, and I wrote it off. I didn't even. My first instinct mm. is just to say, I'm not going to listen to anything you say because you're a jerk. That's not helpful for me. That's not helpful for me. And that's, and that's you know, if we want to give some advice to the American Idol judges, that's probably where I would say that they risk losing their credibility is I would tend to write off a lot of things that Paula says because she's just always too nice. And then I would be tend to write Simon off because he's going to be too mean-spirited. And if they both just added a little content, if they pointed to something specific that the contestant was doing, that they could change, then we both help the consultant and make better entertainment, in my mind. And Randy, what can we say about Randy? What up, Doug? What up, Doug? What you up, don't Doug? want to get that as your greeting from Randy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's his intro into, that's right. just didn't do it for me this Just didn't week. do it for me, that's right. Well, thanks so much for listening for us today. I think that's all the time we have. And we'll be back next week with our uh, third series on lessons from American Idol. And we'll be talking about how to be yourself without changing the melody. Without changing the melody. (laughs) That sounds great. Thank you for joining us again. And check us out at www.boldenterprises.com. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.